You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and we just finished watching day two of the NFL draft. And this was kind of day one for the 49ers, but... um. Very exciting stuff. They picked three players, and to talk all about it, I am joined here with Niners Nation, Niners Nation Akash. I've been wanting to get Akash on the pod for quite some time now, and I'm very excited that we're able to do it today, talking about some of these players. How you doing, Akash? Fantastic. Super pumped. One of the OGs, Steph. We <laughs> used to go all the way back uh, to our 49ers hub days, so shout out. Appreciate yes. you for having me. 49ers finally made some picks. They did. They did. And uh, l- let's look at some of those picks. So the 49ers made three picks today. Uh, they didn't make any trades. So that, that was kind of new for us. We were kind of sweating a little bit, seeing if they do something exciting. Um, but what's exciting is some of the players that they got and who I like the most. Pick 61 here, USC defensive end Drake Jackson. We'll, we'll just go right in and, and start talking about him. I mean, I I love this pick. I think for when they got him, they stayed pat at 61, and we just heard John Lynch talking about him and how they were tempted to move up for him, and I don't blame them. Um, I really feel like Drake Jackson landed in the perfect situation with the 49ers, and the 49ers landed in the perfect situation being able to draft him. He's fast. He has a crazy uh, nice bend, uh, quick get off. He wins with speed. And I think that's what they were missing with uh, D Ford, right? When, when D Ford got hurt and, you know, he's out of the picture now, that's really what they were missing. And we saw how effective Nick Bosa was with D Ford opposite him. And so I'm excited to see what Drake Jackson brings 87.7 password grade in 2021 ranked third among PAC 12 edge rushers. Um, 26 quarterback pressures and uh, in 166 pass rush attempts. And John Lynch called them incredibly disruptive. Uh, What did you think about this pick, Akash? I think, you know, we talk about the 49ers defensive line all the time. And we talk about how deep that group is. But then you dig into it. And they've got a lot of edge rushers that are on one-year deals, right? Charles Menhu, Kerry Hyder, Jordan Willis. And these are guys that come in for a year, work with Chris Kosarek, are extremely productive, and generally leave for bigger deals just because they price themselves out of the 49ers' budget. And we always talk about, okay, can the 49ers find an edge rusher that's young, opposite of Nick Bosa? And when you look at Drake Jackson, honestly, it reminds me a lot of D Ford, someone that's undersized, a designated pass rusher, someone that has elite bend uh, around the edge, and you know, I, I talk to a few people who really watch edge rushers and they tell me, you know, he's got all the right tools. He's just got to develop some pass rush move moves, develop some counters. And who better to do that than Chris Kacerik and getting to work with Nick Bosa and the likes of the other guys on this defensive line. So I think it's a fantastic pick. I think, you know, we talked a lot about interior offensive line, safety, center. And I think the 49ers just sat back, waited, and they picked the best player on their board at 61. And that happened to be Jackson. And the other thing is he's 21 years old. He just turned 21. So extremely young guy um, has freak athleticism. Typically with an edge rusher, you look at their broad jump and their vertical jump to see what their burst or their get off is like. And he was 
in the 90th percentile. I saw you, I saw you put up the spider uh, graph earlier and, yep. you know, I, I just think he's going to develop into something that, uh, you know, the 49ers desperately needed, which is a long-term plan opposite of Nick Bosa. So g- good pick there. Yeah. And I agree on some of the things that he needs to work on. When I watched him, I felt like he could be more consistent. And I feel like if he just builds on some of the moves that he already has, I mean, we, we already talked about the bend that he has, that he can win with speed, but if he can work on, um, you know, being able to be more consistent and build on some of those, I think the ceiling is very high. And like we said, Chris Kosarik is the perfect guy to be able to mold him into a star. So I'm very, very excited about this pick. And as John Lynch said, his best football is ahead of him. I truly believe that as well. So great pick on the 49ers part. What do you think this means for the rest of the defensive line, though? I know some people were saying that this means now that Eric Armstead is going to be able to play um, on the interior permanently and I think that's a very good thing for the 49ers absolutely you you know Eric Armstead especially this season in the latter half of the season from basically week eight onwards when um, he moved basically to the inside playing that three technique he was just fantastic and since you know basically since he got drafted we always talked about how that was kind of his role in this 4-3 defense and he really found his footing this past season and I think you know the easiest way to keep him there is make sure you have good depth at edge and they certainly did that. They went ahead and signed Kerry Hyder this offseason. They added uh, Kamoko Toure, who I didn't even mention. Uh, that was kind of a late signing here in free agency. Now they drafted Drake Jackson. Honestly, I think the competition at defensive line is going to be phenomenal during training camp because someone's bound to get cut slash traded. I mean, they just don't have exactly. enough spots on the roster, which is a great problem to have. And, you know, the name that kind of jumps out to me is Samson Memicom, right? He's yep. due uh, eight eight and a half million roughly, I think. And a lot of that is non-guaranteed money. And I think the 49ers can save roughly five, $6 million in cap space if they were to move on from him. So, you know, does this type of a move kind of, you know, uh, put Ebukam and, and his large cap hit, uh, you know, under the spotlight. I know they did like how he came along kind of in the second half of the season. So we'll see where that goes, but you can never have enough pass rushers in this league. Um, and the 49ers have once again, you know, shown that they believe, Defensive line, pass rush, edge rushers, get after the quarterback, get up the field. You know, that's what they believe in. And that's what they that's what they showed with uh, pick 61. Right, exactly. Because a lot of people were thinking maybe they would go safety. But, you know, the pass rush uh, helps the secondary a lot. I mean, we, we saw that in 2019 as well. And as far as, um, you know, odd men out go, I think – Ebukam is definitely the top of that list just based on how much he makes. But at the same right. time, they don't have to release him. They can always trade him because also true. he he is good. So <laughs> you you might as well try to get something back for him. Um, but yeah, overall, love that move um, and, and love how this defensive line is looking. Um, now, let's talk about the second uh, pick that they made. I love how the tone changed there. <laughs> <laughs> You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one was a bit of a, a head scratcher for me. Uh, Ty Davis Price running back out of LSU. And the reason that this is a head scratcher is because the 49ers just came off of the 2021 draft where they picked up two running backs, most notably Trey Sermon, who they picked, I believe, at uh, the third round as well. 
um, who didn't even see that much time last year. So all around kind of head scratcher. I wonder if this is uh, a reflection of how they feel about Trey Sermon, but in uh, hearing what Kyle Shanahan had to say, it sounds like, you know, maybe they just feel like they didn't have enough running backs. He said, you can never have too many. Sure. But I, you know, I wonder about, well, did you need to draft one in the third round? That That's what I wonder. So I, what, what do you think about this one? Are you just as confused as I am? I think, you know, as soon as they made the pick, a lot of people seem to get a little antsy because the kiss of death for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch seems to be a running back on day two, right? Joe Williams, Trey Sermon, and now Ty Davis Price. And hopefully Davis Price can uh, buck the trend. But, you know, I didn't have a problem with the position per se because if you look back to last season, Elijah Mitchell, as good of a season as he as he had, he was banged up a lot too. He battled a lot of injuries. He played through some of them. Uh, Trey Sermon didn't really come on. He was also hurt at some point. Uh, Jamichael Hasty just, you know, didn't bring as much juice as we thought. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. coming off of that knee injury, kind of the same deal. And, at you know, as Kyle Shanahan just alluded to in his post-draft press conference, they had to go and sign running backs off of other teams' practice squads midseason, despite, you know, having four or five guys going into the season. And this doesn't even include Raheem Mostert, who was the starter going into last season. So I think they just look at it like, you know, uh, we just had a ton of injuries. We're not really sure if we just have one guy that we can depend on. So, you know, how are we going to address this position? We just continue to add guys, you know, uh, on day two and day three that we like, that we think fits the system. Uh, And the one thing you could say about Davis Price, extremely physical runner, I will not even lie. I had no idea who he was until the 49ers picked him because I don't think, you know, you do a fantastic job of tracking visits. I don't think he took a visit. You know, they they had a lot of running backs come and visit, but I don't think Davis Price was one of them, or at least I don't remember him being on the list. And so when they picked him, I was like, who the hell is this? And then you look up, you, you know, you go through his highlights or whatever. You just see physical, violent runner, uh, more of an inside runner than an outside zone runner, which could indicate a scheme change. You know, new running backs coach with Anthony Lynn. So maybe a little changing of the guard here and how they um, scout the running back position. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I thought there were some other names on the board that they could go. I know Brian Robinson was still on the board, the running back from Alabama. Jerome Ford, the running back from Cincinnati, was still there. So there were some other guys that I thought if they had taken, fans would have felt better about it. And I think it was a combination of the player and the position, and people were just like, oh, man. Well, not just that, when they took him. I mean, to me, I would have been totally fine if they took a running back. In fact, I I expected it, but I expected it like on day three. And I think that would have been a little bit better. But, I mean, to the point of had they visited with him, they did. They actually did have a dirty visit with him. And that was one of the more like recent ones that came out, um, at least that – we heard about maybe like a week or two ago. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, I just want to talk about the point that you mentioned uh, that, you know, he, he had 211 carries, which I think is notable because you mentioned the fact Elijah Mitchell, he got banged up quite a bit because they used him a lot last year. Um, And Jeff Wilson Jr. coming off his, and this is part of the reason that Debo Samuel had to, work as a running back so much because it was out of necessity. They, the running game had no juice. Okay. Before Debo Samuel started, you know, uh, 
taking five carries or more per game. So I think it bodes well that Davis Price at least, you know, it, it looks like he can handle a large workload. So that that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, Kyle, kind of, so someone asked him, like, was this move related to Debo Samuel at all and taking the load off of him? And, and Kyle Shanahan said it could definitely help. So sure, I mean, if this helps... Okay. <laughs> if this it's makes hard. Debo happy, okay. It's hard to get a feel for running backs when they get drafted because last year, yeah. if you asked us at this time, you and I would have been like, man, Trey Sermon is going to pop off next season. And then they've got Elijah Mitchell who could be, you know, coming down the pipeline and it was completely the reverse last season. So it's just yeah. so hard to tell. It's, it's one of those positions that translates easy from college to the pros, just um, given the similarities, you know, at both levels. But just some guys just have the the vision right out of the gates and they have the burst uh, at the NFL level. And we'll see if Davis Price is able to do that. I think I just think people see day two running back and Kyle Shanahan and they just go, oh, man. So we'll see if Davis Price can uh, break that mold. <laughs> oh, man, because it's 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 not just the fact that they've had the history of the bad day two running backs. It's the fact that you, you're. Kyle freaking Shanahan, you can make like any running back look good. <laughs> Apparently, except the ones you draft on on day two. <laughs> Those are like the only ones you can't make look good for some reason. Um, but moving on here, um, the, the last pick that we learned about, the 49ers selected at pick 105, uh, SMU wide receiver Danny Gray. Man, okay, this one made me feel better. I was like, okay, we're back on track. Now we're talking. <laughs> I was like, I okay, I love this pick. Um, you know, leading up to the draft, he did have a visit with the 49ers as well. And so the interest was, you can tell that it was it was there. And so, you know, I kind of could see this coming. Um, and I'm excited about this one. He is fast. He is fast. And now that we have a quarterback who can throw downfield, um, you know, that's very exciting. Um, but he he can work well with yards after the catch as well. He has good uh, ball tracking ability. Um, and Kyle Shanahan said he feels good about his skill set. What do you think about Danny Gray? Have you watched him uh, a bit? I'd call this the 49ers Twitter draft pick because it felt like if there was one player that all of us kind of were like, ah, they could take this guy. It felt like it was Danny Gray uh, in in the third round because I think Matt Barrows maybe like a month or two ago just talked about some draft crushes that he could see the 49ers take. And I think he had both Drake Jackson and Danny Gray on there. So shout out to Barrows. But that's the first time I had heard of his name. And so you, you, you just throw on some highlights and you're like, damn, this guy is blazing. And then he runs a 4.33 40-yard dash. And I think that was the second fastest of all wide receiver prospects. I think like Tyquan Thornton was faster. So blazing speed, speed kills. Um, And, you know, typically you think of speed and you're like, okay, we're just going to throw go routes to this guy. And that's not the case with uh, Danny Gray. He was, I think, fifth in yards after catch per reception uh, among all uh, wide receiver prospects as well. So you can throw him the ball, and he has the speed to run away from defenders, which is also important. Uh, so that's a, that's a skill he shares with other receivers on the 49ers roster already. But uh, I think this is a role that Kyle Shanahan likes to have. Typically, he's been a veteran, right? It's been Travis Benjamin in the past. Um, they've had some other you know veterans that he signed uh, from previous stops earlier in his 49ers tenure, and now they just decided to go 
you know, draft this guy. 4-3-3 speed. He's going to be blazing. And, you know, if Trey Lance has a cannon, I would not be surprised to see Danny Gray on the receiving end of some bombs from Lance. That I think that's what's so exciting is it's the possibilities. Um, <laughs> and now we can think about it. It's like it's, uh, the blue sky, you know, anything is possible. It's just a threat of speed, right? We're not we're not yeah. saying they're just going to go bombs away, but now you have the threat of speed taking the top off defenses. Now all of a sudden that opens up the middle. You get George Kittle working over the middle. You get Brandon Ayuk, hopefully Debo Samuel uh, when he gets over his stuff, and all of a sudden the middle of the field opens and it just it becomes a complete game changer. So hopefully Danny Gray here can be uh, can develop into something. It looked like the 49ers were looking for speed at the receiver position all off season. Just based off of some of the guys, they were interested in free agency, et cetera, and they land one in the draft. It makes sense. It makes sense because I, I feel like defenses were really starting to like key in on the middle of the field, and it makes sense. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, not so scary of a quarterback. He's he's going to work in that middle of the field most of the time. Um and, I mean, Trey Lance might do the same. I mean, those plays are still going to be there in Kyle Shanahan's offense, even with Trey Lance. And so I think adding more speed, being able to take the top off of the defense, yes. More middle-of-the-field action, and that is where this offense works. That's where it's dangerous. Um, so I love that. All right. <laughs> so how would you grade these three picks so far as a whole? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd probably go B, B minus maybe. Probably probably a B, just because I thought the Drake Jackson pick was really solid. It was a player that I think has first-round talent, but probably just slid because of a lack of production, right? He played for multiple different staffs at USC, had some weight fluctuation, working between 240 and 275. So naturally, the production wasn't there to push him into the first round. So he fell to 61 and... I think the 49ers can really develop him into a, a contributor on the defensive line. The the second pick there, Ty Davis Price, I I really, you know, I, I get I understand the thought of adding a running back. I just don't know if that's the player you'd want to add there, especially at 93, especially with who was there, right? Safety Nick yeah. Cross was there, safety Kirby Joseph was there, David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue. All three of those players got taken in the immediate like five picks after Davis Price. So I hope it's not something we look back on and be like, damn, they could have had one of those guys instead. Right. And so um, that pick kind of questionable. Danny Gray, again, I think just like you mentioned, they just got right back on track. So, you know, I think it was just a solid draft. I think they had some need. I think they, we think they still have some needs, right? Interior offensive line safety that they haven't addressed yet. So I'd probably in B, B minus, you know, what, what would you grade them? I'm I'm right there with you. I think had I liked the pick at 93 a little more, I'd give it an A A plus. Um, but because <laughs> of that one, because I'm a little still confused, um, I'm I'm gonna say B. Um, but you did mention that yeah, they haven't gone safety, they haven't gotten uh, a center who you know we were expecting them to at this point, especially with Alex Mack apparently still. No final decision um, from his part. Lynch described it as fluid. But Lynch also said that they collected all the info they needed coming into the draft. I'm not sure what that means in terms of, like, what his decision is as far as Alex Mack goes. But um, wh what do you think we can expect on day three of the draft? Maybe the 49ers 
believe that they can still sign someone like J.C. Treader after the draft. Maybe they believe that they can move Daniel Brunskill to center if need be. I think they really do like Jake Brendel, right? Brunskill started, I think, eight or nine games for the 49ers at center. So he has some experience playing there, which probably tells you that they like Jalen Moore at right guard um, and then Aaron Banks at left guard, which is scary if you've got a rookie, you know, second-year quarterback, basically a rookie quarterback under center because now you've got a brand-new starter at left guard someone that has doesn't have much experience playing center and then a brand new starter at right guard. And so that gives you a little bit of a pause, um, you know, if you're the 49ers, but I think maybe they believe they could still add someone like Jason, Tre- JC Treader, excuse me. And there's still tons of guys, I think on day three that they could add. I think Donovan West, yeah. the center from Arizona yeah, still hasn't true. gone. Uh, Jason Poe, the guard from Mercer, who is a load and can move. He's still available. So I think there's some guys they can add. I think John Lynch kind of alluded to that. He's like, yeah, we, we still got picks. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll address those needs. It's maybe, and clearly the way they've gone about safety tells you how they feel about their room. I think they really do believe in Talano, Hufanga, and George Odom is someone they believe is just not a special teams player but can also contribute at safety. I think Tarverius Moore, who will be coming back off the Achilles injury, um, is also someone that can contribute. I think the door for Jaquaski tart is probably closed, but... It, I think on the outside, we probably think, man, they don't have anybody at center or safety, but clearly the team just kind of views it differently, and they've they've kind of proven that with how they've drafted some of these players. Yeah, I think I'd be more uh, worried about center than safety because safety, I mean, they, they have, like, this dominant defensive line, and, like, if if they can just get some good pass rush, your your uh, secondary isn't going to have to cover for that long. It's like... the they'll be fine um and so you think you think the door is closed on tart you don't think they might bring him back after the draft if they don't get any safeties in this draft i believe that the door is closed there i i actually really really like kwaski tart i think he's undervalued just as a player i think people just remember him face down on so at sofi stadium after he dropped the you know arm punt from matt stafford but i think he's just a fundamentally sound player and you know, at safety, especially, you want chemistry with the with your partner. And Ward and Tart just seem to work really well together. But I do think they just go in a different direction. And you kind of saw that with Talanoa Hufanga last season, right? They they tended to play him more as the season went on, even with Tart being healthy. So I can see him, you know, being inserted in that role and then having Odom and and more compete for the other spot. So I think that's how they kind of approach it. Because, you know, you look at day three safeties, and I'm not sure who's left that they would they would take. You know, all, all the names that we talked Marquise about. Marquise Bell. Marquise <laughs> Bell. That's my guy. I, okay, I, clearly I, you got I a still favorite. I still, <laughs> that's my sleeper. That's my sleeper pick. <laughs> okay, well, well, I will pay attention to that. Uh, I know Leon uh, O'Neal Jr., who Javi talks about all the time, still left. So, you know, I'm sure there's players that they, you know, they would try go and try to add, but. Clearly, they don't value it as much as you know, folks like us on the outside talk about it. We were yeah. like safety center, safety center, and they just didn't address it. Exactly. Um, really quickly before we get you out of here, um, some final thoughts on Debo because Kyle Shanahan and Lynch were just asked a couple of questions about him. I thought one thing was interesting that Shanahan said he hadn't talked to Debo in a couple of weeks. Um, should that concern us at all? I'm like, if there's anyone who can mend this situation at this point, I feel like it is Kyle Shanahan. And why has he not talked to him in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I, 
I wasn't surprised because I'm sure they've been just knee deep in draft preparation, right? Because sure. if you're, you know, Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff, you don't get into these draft prospects till after the season ends, and their season didn't end till late January. So now you have basically two and a half months to go through all these prospects. So I'm sure he was just knee deep in visits and meetings and uh, watching tape. So, you know, I, I don't think they seriously considered trading Debo Samuel based off of the offers that were reported by Matt Barrels earlier today and based off of basically what he said, right? He was like, yeah, no, we weren't going to. And okay. it sounds like based off of his tone, what he's saying is he's like, let's just let the draft end. Let's let this calm down. You know, the media stuff slows down after the draft because we get into like mid-May here for a few weeks. There's not, there's not much going on. And so we'll just stop talking about Debo Samuel here. Let the cooler heads prevail. Like Eric Armstead said, said earlier this morning. And I'm sure at that point, you know, when contract extension talks, you know, resume, they'll see if they can try to get something done between the two sides or, you know, whatever happens, happens. He kind of left all doors open, which I get, right? You don't know what's going to happen, but it sounds like they have a good relationship. Uh, we knew that from the season. And so that I'm, I wasn't too worried when he was like, you know, I haven't talked to Debo Samuel in a few weeks. It's just, you know, I'm sure they'll get to it post-draft. Yeah, you know, I always feel better about when Kyle Shanahan talks about these things rather than John Lynch, which I feel it should be the other way around, but uh, I don't know. When Kyle says it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Um, he said they they think they can work things out with Debo, to which uh, Grant Cohn asked, why do you think you can work things out? And Kyle Shanahan said, because we can. <laughs> which I thought was funny. I mean, he seems very confident. Um, yeah. And I think that's great. Uh, obviously, that makes me feel better. If Kyle Shanahan right. feels better about this, then okay. So so do I. Let's take a deep breath. Um, it's all going to be okay. Um, any any last thoughts uh, about the draft? Do you have any day three uh, players that you like or you want them to target? <laughs> day three players. This draft's been weird. I, probably because they started picking at weird. 61. And now, you, and then you have the Jimmy Garoppolo drama and the Debo Samuel stuff. And the draft just feels very uninteresting to me this year for whatever reason. Maybe it's because we had Trey Lance last year to talk about, you know, in the lead up. And so I, day three prospects, haven't paid much attention to it. Jason Poe is the one that continues to stand out. I think yes. you were the one that kind of put me on it because uh, I saw your tweet about the visit. And I was like, ah, let's look this guy up. He's and he's nice. a freak athlete. So that yes. that would be a cool day three edition, but. Just interested to see how they attack the different positions and where they think there's needs because it's a really good roster and they've got 76 or 77 guys signed already and they still have six picks tomorrow. So how do they use those picks? Do they move up for someone they like? Do they stay put, kind of address different positions? Just kind of interested to see how it folds out. Usually, you know, day three is just go, go, go with these picks. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it'll be much more exciting and, and fast Faster paced, I'm sure. Um, Akash, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm glad we were able to do this, and we'll definitely have to have you on the show again. Um, but yeah, everyone listening or watching, you know, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. We have a lot of great content for you. I'll I'll be on with Rohan tomorrow. Um, all right, enjoy the draft tomorrow. Enjoy your night. Peace.